With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Wednesday morning, wherever you've got me on 1170 AM in Sydney or via the SEN app. Thanks for joining us. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. 0457 736 736. As you know by now, is our text number. Showers again for Sydney today, tops of 27. But there's no messing around on this Wednesday morning. Our listeners ask for it. We deliver. He's the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald. It's Wednesdays with Andrew Webster. He's back. <laughs> Morning, Matthew. Morning, Hello, listeners. Hello, Morning, mate. World. How are you? I'm really you're on your, good. You're, you're pumped. You're on your feet. I'm pumped. I'm on my feet. We're in our new studio. This is the first time. I mean, you came back with the Matty John show, so clearly that's mm-hmm. a bigger contract. We know where your priorities lie, but... <laughs> longer longer hours. Longer hours, correct. And it's a labour of love. Yes, no. exactly. But you're back in business, and it's good to have you back on the morning program, mate. Um, how you been? I've been good. Yep. Good off-season. Been back into it for a couple of months. What does the Webby off season look like? It looked like COVID this year. Did it? Yeah. Oh, as well, in Well, I went on the, I was on the, I said this on the Maddie Don show, so I apologise if I'm repeating myself to listeners out there. Um, but I went to Vegas with the NRL yes. promo tour. And that's about all I can, I can say publicly <laughs> about that trip, probably. Um, it was a, uh, it was a whirlwind trip over eight days but I picked up COVID while I was over there Oh, and then it just floored me over Christmas New Year's and I came good just in time for the Sydney test just as I'm getting back to work oh see see, you really need to get your COVID sorted with your tests exactly exactly you want to be on the lounge it's the first time I've ever had it oh so you got all the way through oh well I think so yeah see that's the thing I never tested positive to it you didn't know um, I've always been very negative. <laughs> Look, it's great to have you back. Uh, I'm looking forward to the year ahead, and I'm looking forward to our regular chats on a Wednesday morning. Normally, we sort of just, you know, we sort of set the scene on a Wednesday, don't mm. we? And then you come on in, swan on in after the first break, <laughs> out of your executive office. Taylor Swift. Style. Taylor Swift. Style. Did you know? Did you know she's in town? Really? I, I hadn't. I didn't know. Is that right? Mm. Well, Do you know she may or may not be staying at uh, the Penthouse Sweater Crown? No. Do you know that she that Travis Kelsey may or may not be coming down? Get under? out. <laughs> did you? Do you know? I love the reporting. We can exclusively re- reveal that Taylor Swift may or may not be staying in this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I saw a breaking news banner headline the other day on your opposition, uh, mm. and it said, "Breaking news: Taylor Swift boards, <laughs> boards flight, flight to Sydney." <laughs> You what? get that type of coverage, don't you? <sighs> um, pa- Did it have an exclusive? Yes. She's, she's yeah. touched down yeah, in yeah. Sydney. Absolute exclusive. And I love now how everyone's become flight tracker experts. Oh, yeah. So you can now track a flight, mm. which you can have done for years and years and years. If you're a real aviation nerd, you're going, what's the big fuss about? I do this every day. Exactly. I'm you know what the most important flights plane are? spotter. You know what the most important flights are? What's that? The ones that go to Vegas. Vegas, in baby. The next week, baby. Let's go. Vegas, baby. Right, let's start there because your article yesterday um, in the Sydney Morning Herald is something that I referred to on a couple of things. You, you chat with Fletch over there about trying to get the Americans to not call it rugby, 
I think it's actually spot on. And we had some fun with it yesterday about terms that do your head in in sport. And one of them is, especially those south of the border, referring to rugby league as rugby. As rugby. But I reckon it's a really key marketing point, which is what this whole thing is about. Plus what you also wrote about it being, will Americans fall in love or will Australians in America fall in love with the game like we have? get up at 2 a.m. to watch the app that they've bought, which is what the NRL is trying to do, and whether or not their their um, multi gets up. Mm. In a nutshell, in that sentence, I said to my audience yesterday, you've nailed the main reason why we're going first time around. That's right. That's what. But this is what it's always been about. It's always been about broadcasting and wagering. And, like, we've been writing about it at the Herald since April last year. I mean, look, I've got some reservations about... Uh, rugby league games being put on at certain times as wagering product, which is what it, what it essentially is. Mm. But kudos to the NRL. I know it's um, it's a very bold and amb- ambitious move, but the game always seems to revel when it's taking a risk. They did it with Origin. They did it with the Tina Turner campaign. All-Stars, when it first started, was a, was a, was a great concept, although it seems to be getting squeezed more and more out of the schedule mm. with every year. But... You know, good on Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo for being so proactive. The only thing is we're not going to know for five to maybe ten years whether it's a success. And our clubs and all the other stakeholders in the game at the moment, the, the New South Wales Rugby League and the QRL have taken the NRL to court over funding last year and also this year. Um, are we going to be prepared to be cutting corners in terms of uh, funding to certain parts of the game to fund this big expensive experiment in the US, that's going to be the big question. If we're still going in five years. If we're still going in five then years. Then it's so a they've success. Gone, they've gone an agreement with the Nevada Tourism Commission for five years, but I don't think it's um, – mm. I don't think, you know, whether whether the NRL is prepared to stay the course, that's the big question. And if I know rugby league, if people are having to pay more than what they're expected to pay, like in terms of clubs and – and whatnot, then that's when they'll start barking about not wanting to do it. That's what a lot of the concerns of the four clubs uh, a couple of month, a couple of weeks ago was about when they wanted to meet with Volandis and Abdo because it was just costing them a, a, a packet. Mm. But do you think if we are still going, and I'm not saying that we won't still be going in three or four or five years' time, but I think that's probably the benchmark for success because it's survival of the fittest over there, mate, as you know. And plenty of sports go over there. And with big ideas and and last a year or two and get eaten up and spat out for various reasons. So if rugby league is still there and still going in five years, whether or not they've made a profit on the thing, mm. I, I would think that would be the first marker in that marketplace to say that we're on the right track. That's right. That's right. But it's, again, as I said, we're not going to know until that, you know, until the rivers of gold start flowing in yeah. from the wagering market where it's absolutely ex- ex- like exploding in the US, I think it's a hundred billion US is what they wagered last year on sports betting. A hundred million, a hundred billion, billion US. That's good. Coin. So you get a piece of that, and you're you're laughing. Um, that's the plan, right? Yeah. But that's again, I'm I'm look, you know, I'm a hard bitten journal. I'm I'm, <laughs> ske- I'm skeptical. I've got to say, like, it's is it going to work? Who knows? But you know, you've got to applaud them for having a go. Do you remember when this first came about and, and we were sitting in our studios and we were having this discussion and both you and I said the same thing? I mean, you're a lot closer to rugby league than, than I have been over a long time, but we've both been around the block and we both said at the same time... You've been time, around the block much longer than me. Hang on, hang on. I just, significantly older. I just drive around it a lot. Um, you walk around it so much. 
you take more steps. I just sort of skim past, if you know what I mean. But what I'm saying is we, we both sat there and went, we'll believe it when we see it. That's right. So now we've got to believe it. And I do believe it. I mean, they, But they how, how many years have we been talking about games in the US? Yeah. Like it's been, that's been like the, the, the ultimate pre, uh, off-season story for decades. But I reckon the so story... It's amazing that it's actually happening. The story then was, let's go to the US, like we did in 87 with State of Origin. Let's go to the US and they'll fall in love with the game. Mm. That, that was it. There was no other strategy behind it. At least we know now what the strategy is behind this, which is essentially broadcasting and wagering mm. in, in its various forms. So now there's something physical and, a, and an outcome to attach to it, which has now given me a reason to believe in the reasons why they want it. You know go. why there's a reason to believe? Yes. Because Peter Volandis is great mates with Lachlan Murdoch. And Lachlan Murdoch is the executive chair of Fox in the US. He's the big daddy and, now. And so you talk to everyone in America that I know, they reckon, like all, even all the way through the NFL playoffs, it was getting pumped on Fox Sports 1 in the US continuously. Mm. So um, people often talk about Peter Volandi's close relationship with News Corp. I've written about it many times myself. But it's obviously an advantage, particularly when it comes to something like this. So if Volandis can't get it done in the next five years, then we should pack up and not even think about it ever again. Because if we if you can't get if you can't do it with Lachlan Murdoch on side, yep. then when are you going to be able to do it? Never, mm. never, exactly. I'll talk about Peter Volandis in just a sec. But while we're on Vegas, aside from what's going to happen outside of the games themselves. I reckon what's going to happen in Allegiant Stadium could well and truly determine the success. And it's going to be a hard one, mate. We've had this chat. I've spoken to coaches. I've spoken to players. I've spoken to experts. The fact of the matter is that the ground is going to be shorter. Mm. It's going to be smaller all round. So the game is going to have to adapt. And I reckon we're going to see, from what I'm told, a lot in the middle. Of course. A lot of play in the middle here. So if you're, if you're the marketing side of PVL, you want the biggest... Most entertaining product you can get. How do you get that? Tries and spectacular tries. So how do you then balance? And do you think that we're going to see two games there that are going to be short on points and short on spectacular tries? Because at the end of the day, those four coaches that are going are only interested in two points. They are. They're not thinking about the bigger picture of the game. They are. They're interested in that 80 minutes of two points. Matty Johns has talked about it on his show on this on SEN quite a few times, just about the importance of the referee and particularly about the 10 metres. So he needs to keep them apart, whoever the referee is in both those games. Um, I think that's going to be fundamental to it. Let's hope they maybe put the whistle away. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more set restarts. But I've been down there on the ground, on the surface down there, and it's it's going to be interesting because they are right on top. Like they're up. They're elevated, that f first row. You're elevated and you're right on top of them. So I remember when we went on that promo tour being on the on the f ground down down on the ground with um, Billy Walters from, from the Broncos. He didn't se seem to think um, being down there on the field that it was going to make that much of a difference. The thing that I was looking at, if like say Nathan Cleary or Matt Burton come in, you know, end up playing there in the next... The roof. In the, is the roof. Ooh. Yeah, I was surprised about how... That was the first thing that struck me, just how low the roof was so mm. and I said to uh I said to Billy I said what do you reckon of the roof he said mate Matt Burton and Nathan Cleary could easily touch that <laughs> so what happens then I don't know what is what the rule if, what's the rule for you to roof well what's the rule in cricket because we had that rule when remember when they started playing at Docklands that's right down there as well, well so they, well they've, they've had I'm pretty sure they've had an origin there with the roof shut what happens when I'm, it hits I can be correct spider cam I'm, 
Because it'd be I don't the know that same thing. Yeah, we'll get our. I, you know what? I, I struggle to keep up with all the new rules we, uh, year to year in the NRL. I don't know what the <laughs> spider cam slash, you know, retractable roof rule is in uh, in the National Rugby League. But I'll get onto it now. I didn't know how much of an impact the the smaller ground was going to have until I started hearing from those that are going over and knowing that they're drawing that they're that they're, they're painting. All- they're training on. They're on, training on, for yeah. it. Manly yeah. been doing it for a while. Yep. South started doing it, and I'll they're be, structuring I'll be their plays. The other two didn't as well. Yep. Structuring their plays specifically for it. So. I, but that said though, like there's players like, it won't matter what the dimensions are. Players like like a Tommy Turbo, he, he trucks through the middle anyway. You know. Um, well, Turbo's uh, an interesting one because what will happen there is he'll get the free range, which is what he's got, to swoop side to side. If they're going to play up the middle, they'll play a left right. Tackle five combination. Yeah, I think he's just as dangerous through the middle. That's yep. where he does a lot of his good work. And I think some we'll of us do a lot of our, our be- best work at the nightclubs <laughs> afterwards. But he'll straight take straight through the middle, through the middle of the Legion straight. Stadium. But Reese Walsh, it doesn't matter what the he could be playing a phone box and he'd still be hard to tackle. So. Good point. Good point. You like now that line? That's not a bad line. You're going to be there next week. Next right? this show next week, I will be live and exclusive in on my the morning ho- show <laughs> in somewhere. So you in land Tuesday morning Vegas time? Yes. You'll you'll pick up the phone to us Tuesday afternoon, which would be obviously be two this o'clock, time. 2 o'clock Vegas time. Right. What chance we speak to you in the hotel or are you already out by I'll then? I'll be I'll be out and about sussing things Set, out. Setting the scene? <laughs> setting the scene. Getting Taking the temperature. At the Elvis Chapel, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe at a certain blackjack table. You know what I've got to do, though? This is how good a trip it was last year. When I got home, I opened up my bag and went, oh. I was pa- taking things down. I went, oh, there's, uh, there's $200 of chips I didn't from the park didn't MGM. I didn't cash in. Oh, I better take them back. <laughs> I better try and double <laughs> it. See if you can get it. Have you got to go to the consulate? And uh, throw that out to the text line. What sh- how should I spend that? Uh, how much you got? Oh, 200, exactly 200 in chips. 200 in chips. Are you going to cash them in well, and spend them, or are you going to spend them? I had some stupid idea. That I was just going to go by and put it all on red at the roulette table. Fair enough. Because I know one thing. I'm not good at blackjack. <laughs> they were mocking me. Mate, is anyone? I was getting mocked. I was getting that. You know why I've got those chips? Because I was getting mocked at the table by the dealer about how bad I was. Really? Yeah. Bullied by the dealer. I was getting bullied, and I ended up just said, "Give me my chips. You can go jam it." Righto. Here's our challenge. Where's your boss? And then I, you know what? And then Where's I couldn't. Your boss? No, I didn't. And then I was going, I couldn't find where to cash them in. No, well, it's it's almost as hard as finding the exit door. The exits and the. And, yeah. the, and the clock. You can find the ATMs, okay? Yeah, they're they're, they're the, everywhere. The ATMs and the and the <laughs> uh, the uh, the bar girls. All right, so you got two hundred bucks in chips. Yep. Only at the MGM, obviously you can't park, go. And, park MGM. Park MGM. So we need some good advice for where you're going to spend or how you're going to spend that two hundred, if not double it up. Yeah. Okay. We're going to gamble responsibly, 0457 736 736. Webby's back in the house. I'm going to have a chat about Peter Volandis after this. Welcome back. On the text line, I love listening to Webby. He is the voice of the everyman, the everyman who has $200 worth of Vegas chips left on the table and needs to take them back there and do something. Man of the people. Man of the peeps. Um, That's what it is. Even though I hate people. (laughs) You love people. You're a people person. Not really. I'm more of a dog person. But when you're out there, on that, Paramat says important stuff first. Stevie update, please. It's been a while. Oh, that little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She's with my my, uh, mum because I'm about to go to Vegas. Right. Yeah. Living the life of Riley. Right. Mm. Has she given you the guilty eyes yet? 
as in you, you're feeling guilty for leaving? Or? No, no. Well, she will when I see her. Right. They can guilt you, can't they? Oh, yeah. You know what I find with dogs? You go and you spend two hours with them in the park, like I do with her every morning, running around with a ball. You know, then we get a coffee, and then she gets all these treats, and, you know, she's on my lap, and then we get home, and then she has 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 a food, and then she devours that. Yep. She's she's a Webster. She'll <laughs> devour all that food in, in, in record time. And then... She's a Webster. And then, and then it's like, I'll sit down to start, and I'll write the first paragraph of a column, and she'll come and put her head on my... Like, look at me going, what do we do now? Yeah. Very needy. Yeah, and very. So there's only, only room for two needy girls. Websters. In, Websters <laughs> in, this, in this flat. Girls in this flat. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just say this to you. Imagine if you had a cat, right? I know, you I know. You get no sleep. You don't sleep anyway, but, but you I get no sleep. I can't believe how bonded, like I, you know, I haven't, I, this is the first time I've had a dog since I was 10. Yeah. Like, they become the most, they become the centre of your world. Absolutely, they mm. do. Yeah, because yeah. they're awesome. Um, Go dogs. Peter Volandis. So three more years as ARLC chair, mm. which is an obvious choice. What I'm interested in is, and he's he's made some noise about, will I see it out? Probably not, or maybe no. Um, so classic PVL. It was him very much talking out loud. Yeah, which is fair which enough. Is, which is what he does. That's what makes him so... It can be so mind-numbingly frustrating for the game because he just speaks out loud to whoever calls him, whichever reporter um, uh, decides to dial his numbers. But he's also very open and honest, and you know where you stand with him. If so. we did a health check pre-COVID or at COVID on the state of rugby league and did a health check now, it's markedly different, right? It, it's, it is. It's almost at the opposite end of the scale in terms of how good um, the patient is. The, the patient is up and kicking, whereas it was... Not looking too good there. How much would you put that down in, in a percentage term to the leadership of Peter Volandis? A lot, in, particularly in terms of the game's finances. So I think he's talking about seven hundred million dollars revenues a, a year. And they, I, when he, when the, the way that he's gone about building up an asset base, I know exactly who he would have been talking to. It would have been Nick Politis, who Volandis is very close to. They come from the same island in Greece. Um, they, uh, they're very, very tight. I think Nick had a big role in. Volandis getting onto the commission in the first place and becoming chair, replacing John. Uh, sorry, Peter Beatty. Even though Peter Beatty sort of saw Volandis as the the next successor, but like Nick uh, uh, Volandis at a Ricky Stewart Foundation lunch a couple of weeks ago called Peter uh, called um, uh, Nick the Godfather of Rugby League. So I'm sure all the other clubs who are paranoid about the Roosters getting a saloon run at um, at the NRL that wouldn't have made them very paranoid at all. Mm. People in people in rugby league aren't very paranoid. But Nick had was beating on for years, particularly to David Gallup, saying we don't have an asset. They don't even own the asset at Moore Park, yeah. the, the League Central. So Nick was going on and on about it as a smart businessman would, um, like someone like Nick who's worth two point five billion dollars. You know, they, maybe they should have listened to him earlier. And and Volandis, I reckon, is just doing what Nick said to build up an asset base, which you'd think every major sporting organisation would look to do. Um, he's been, made some, like, I've got to say this, though. He's, like, they're very good at patting themselves on the back, the NRL. And I think the credit that they take, they seem to think that, they seem to think that the rugby league was absolutely rubbish before the six-to-go rule came in. There were some rubbish games. There's some rubbish games now. Um so I don't think, it, like, they keep saying that um, the, uh, the six-to-go rule has completely eliminated wrestling from the game. They must be watching a different game to me when there's three tackle, three men into the tackle and some of the stuff that happens in the ruck and depending on the referee and the conditions and the team, there's, there's still just as much wrestling 
at times as there were was pre set restarts. Um, I like to think the players and the clubs have a little bit to do with the success of the on field product too. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, on the term of wrestling, we can have a discussion in after the news about the crusher tackle and what we saw with Toff Sipley and Dom Young and the outcome of that. We had a good discussion throughout the week about that and where it comes from and, and all of those kind of things. So I'll talk about that in just a sec. But just a quick one to wrap up the PVL. Uh, and this is the interesting part. So the obvious one is, okay, who's next? Right? There, there are plenty of good administrators around. But are there administrators like Peter Volandis? No, they're not. No. And I reckon two names that you just said in this conversation the first half hour, Lachlan Murdoch, pick up the phone, he's there. Nick Pilates, pick up the phone, he's there. Who's the rugby league equivalent of Peter Volandis if PVL decides tomorrow that he's not going to be there that can not only stir up the game like it can, <clears throat> iron out problems like it can, build that asset base, but have those kind of people in his corner it depends or her on, corner? But it depends on whether – like, but Volandis runs it. And I know he, he, there's been a lot of talk. There's been some club CEOs who have told me directly they wish he was the executive chair because that's basically how he, how he operates. He runs so much of the NRL at Racing New South Wales, it's not funny. Um, there's been a lot, the drums have been beating for Andrew Abdo a little bit in the off-season. I think there's been a, a bit of uh, dissatisfaction amongst a few of the stakeholders in the game. But if if, if you're not going to have Volandis and you need to have a CEO that's very strong and, and can operate like a normal CEO. So it depends on that combination. Mm. I think, like he mentioned Kate Jones in the paper today, I know he's a big fan of Kate Jones, the... Um, former Queensland minister. Yeah, it's funny when they set up the independent commission, they said no politicians at all, and we've got two on there. <laughs> hey, that's rugby league. That is, that's... but I, I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if you push someone like a Nick Pappas from South, and then if you if, if whether if, if Abdo can step up and just be that really, um, you know, that figurehead CEO that mm. in a traditional way working under a a chairman that steps into the background. Could, like, who's the AFL chair? You don't know, don't know really, you know. It's yeah. it's 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 um yeah, he he's he's a force of nature, PVL. Yes, it's definitely for a good a, and bad. A combination. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. Webby's uh, back with us after the news. Thank you, Vanessa. Webby's here for another half hour this morning, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Are you open to taking uh, open line calls this morning? Yeah, we we didn't we didn't check that with your, uh, oh, hang on, with your I'm agent. On. I'm not on. No, that's not in my <laughs> Hey, listen, before I get started, yes, I hear you're, uh, you're back in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah, back, baby. What, calling the people in the driver's seats. Back, baby, on supercars, yes. We were going to make a really big announcement this morning. Oh. Hey, guess what? We're going to have a big announcement, and then just while we were ready to come on in, Brandy made it on the Vossi. Well, mate, if anyone's show. going to announce it, you want Brandy. That's right. Time. I'm happy about that. No, look, really stoked. Um, it's popped up on the social media and supercars website this morning. So, SEN's coverage. Of supercars, myself and James Moffat. Moff will join me in about an hour's time. So we'll be back um, commentating. Aaron Noonan and Moff did it last year. And we've we've opened up the doors to a new way of consuming supercars. So I'll be back in the commentary seat, mate. Um, Beautiful. Plying my tray. Every week? Uh, throughout the year, selected selected rounds throughout the year, but most rounds, yeah. So, so starting when, sorry? Starting this Saturday. This, this Saturday. Sunday. Well, this, this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So our coverage starts at midday this Sunday. And the Bathurst 500 is the first round. So back in the supercars how, commentary at God, Bathurst. You're going to be exhausted. No, I'll be up for it, mate. I'll be up and out of the out of the saddle 
ready to rumble. Good to see. Ready to rumble. Called my first supercars race in 2001. I've been around supercars for ages, but I called my first supercars race at Winton Motor Raceway in 2001. So of all the venues that we could have gone to, we went to Winton, which is... And in country Victoria. Home of good chips, hot chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, Winton's beautiful. It's actually really cool. So... To be back uh, calling, mate, it's going to be it's going to be excellent. Good stuff. Have Bathurst to start with is fantastic. So looking forward to that. Now the Crusher tackle, an interesting debate that we've had or discussion that we had throughout the week. It's not something that any player wants to do. Mm. It's not something you sit around at training and train for, but it's surely a byproduct of the wrestling training that you're going to do. So. I, I think people have got amnesia because we're obviously talking about the Sipley tackle on Dom Young. Yeah. And people are saying, you know, whether that should have been in the bin or not. Remember, do people forget last year when any incidental contact of some of a player, a defender's chest to the back of the head ended in 10 minutes in the bin? Like they went crusher mad. Mm. You know, it's a, such a dangerous tackle. But the Dom, and then the counter argument is that so many players back into back the in. tackle. And people are saying that with Dom Young. They obviously weren't watching the game live they're just watching the clip because if you watch it he steps inside and turns to get around Ben Trebojevic who's come out of the line at him so that's why his back's at the line there's nothing he can do mm. there's nothing Dom Young could have done to not back go back into that tackle because he stepped inside so I just don't think the whole you know the, well, you know the, the ball carrier shouldn't go back first into the tackle if they want to avoid a crusher I thought it was I didn't think it was great you know, I know it was accidental. I'm not saying it's deliberate, but he goes down for that second squeeze. That's the issue. That's when the, that's when they do the damage. Yeah. Does it raise a further question about the teams that are heading off to Vegas, playing in the preseason? I mean, injuries can happen anywhere, right? So and suspensions. This is an age-old debate. Uh, debate. But this it's, is the first time that we've had it for teams going to Vegas because we've never had that before. Sure. Now, my one of my points on this is. Obviously, you want your best players playing in Vegas, and all players want to go. But the reality is, the Americans don't know Reese Walsh from Don Young from Toff Sipley from a reserve grader. They just don't. Mm. They hopefully they will, but are you going to lose anything by having certain players there or not there? You can't keep him Con Wall till round you one. You can't keep him in Con Wall. There's nothing beats match practice. And then you go preseason you know? challenge. If say, for example, in that game, if Anthony Seabold and Trent Robinson roll out. An entire squad of reserve graders. They, they do the same. They say the, the same argument. All stars. The same argument about the World Club Challenge. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you can get injured at any in any game at any time of the year. So I, I just have never really been able to wrap my head around the logic of you know, oh, well, don't you shouldn't play pre pre preseason matches because you get injured. Mm. Just happens. Just happens. Doesn't Th that's it? the game. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder whether that that Vegas thing adds a point of difference. But, but you whether you do it or not, but still, you'd want to. You still need some. Some miles in your legs. Well, that's right. Mm. And and you can't really get that. You can get it in scrimmages, but a scrimmage is a scrimmage. You can't, you can't beat, nothing beats match fitness. Nothing and, beats match and fitness. And practice. Which is practice. Why, practice. Which is why you went to Vegas early. Get that's that. exactly right. Just to, I did a bit of a reconnaissance, <laughs> con reconnaissance mission. How are my words going? <laughs> a, coming a out today? mission. <laughs> Haven't I write it out? <laughs> you're much better on the, you're much better on the keyboard. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, so, no, 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 no. Oh, you've was, hammered oh, me. That was nasty. No worries. Now, um, on on the Vegas trip, mm. a lot has been spoken about the trip over there and getting them over there and what, what they're going to fly and how they're going to rest and recuperate and all that kind of stuff. One of the interesting things is on the way back, 
and how that affects them on the way back. And mm. I, I think that's one thing that's been overlooked a little bit is, okay, it's one thing to prepare for a match when you're playing overseas, which we haven't done, especially in Vegas, but it's another thing to then try and bring it all back and start again. Do you think that the four teams over there are ready, willing and able to cope with that? Or, I think so. Or are we going to get I'm some gl- big learnings? I'm, gl- I'm glad they're playing each other in the second round or the first, yeah. Yes. That, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, it's, that's that's going to be the big question. But, you know, football teams travel all around the world and play football. You know, the Socceroos and Matildas play out of a suitcase mm. for much of the year. Um, so it's, I don't, can't see – they have the, the best technology in the world making sure that they're, um, they're recovering okay. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm more concerned about an injury. Yeah. You know, unfamiliar surface, unfamiliar dimensions – Injury. Yeah, the that's that's going to be the interesting one for me. Yeah. All right. The hey, surface is pretty good. The grass surface, like it's very rare. It's very rare for the for um, teams other than the Las Vegas Raiders to be playing on on grass, the all grass surface. Right. Because they've got two surfaces. They've got that, and then they've got the the synthetic. They do surface. the roll out, they, roll yeah, in. That's right. So a lot a lot of it for both practice and for. Uh, college games and other sports that they play on that ground is usually the synthetic surface, but uh, the NRL will be playing on the grass. Let's go to the open line. Andrew in Newcastle has uh, given us a call about Vegas. G'day, Andrew. Webby's here. G'day, guys. G'day, Webby. I'm heading over in about a week's time. So Good, if you mate. If you want a hand, spend, spend them at 200. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, it, I'll definitely be uh, up for it. It's but, better uh, in your hands than mine, I'd nah, say. <laughs> just on the... Um, the teams, and uh, it's interesting, out of the 17 that will probably take the field for Manly, I think there's 10 that haven't played a trial, which in preparation, considering the other three teams, which I reckon 13 or 14 of those guys have played a trial. So that'll be an interesting watch, just mm. looking at that different preparation compared to the the other three preparations. Like, there's only about yeah three or four Manly players that will play in that game that have actually taken the field this year. So... That will be an interesting watch. Mm. Um, and also the fact that they've flown and, directly to Vegas. They haven't stuffed around going to San Diego or Los Angeles. Like, they're pretty adamant about getting there early, settling in. So, it's a, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, um, how it works out for Manly. Yeah, but as a fan, um, yeah, heading over with a couple of mates next Wednesday, and I'm just, I'm that excited. I can hardly control myself. So, I'm looking forward to it. So, if you see, <laughs> A bloke walking around in a manly jersey, you know, screaming out Tommy Turbo. That's probably me. Ready, so uh, enjoy it. We'll come up, and if you see me, come up and say good day, and you can buy me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> or no I'll worries. buy you no a drink. I'll buy you a drink. Or if you're at the park, MGM, just just uh, yeah, yeah snap all my chips and look out for him. Although drinks are free there. Hey, Andrew, before I think we've had this chat before, but but just before I let you go, and I don't want to dip into your personal bank account, but all, but all up, how much do you reckon? And you're only going because of the NRL there. How much do you reckon this trip's gonna gonna cost you? Well, I did. The, it's only cost me about two thousand, including flights, accommodation, and hire car. I've done it pretty well. Wow! But that's getting there. I'll probably spend another two thousand in the four days that I'm there, probably. But yeah. uh, and you're staying but, off. Yeah, you're the staying off the only... off the strip, aren't you? I'm staying in Fremont Street, which, um, yeah, which I've just found out. They've, they've sent, the NRL have sent out a, like, what's happening, and there's a fan day there on in Fremont Street on the Thursday where you can meet the players. Yeah. There's a golf day on the Friday, which um, 
yeah, I probably won't partake because it's 1500 to start. Um, and but then I'll probably head along to the Matty Johns. There's a Matty Johns show on the Thursday night, so that'll be pretty loose. And then um, I might even head over to the com- Combine early Saturday morning to have a look at that. Just a, a bit of interesting uh, watch there. And then the tailgate party kicks off at 3 o'clock oh. before the game at 6.30. Hey. So it's going to be a going to be a busy few days. Sounds like a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Andrew. Thank you for that, mate. Enjoy. And uh, like we said last time, if you grab the time to give us a call or send us a text, we can give you a call back and have a chat and see how you're going over there, especially if we can't find this bloke when he touches down and I disappears. I will be a part, proper professional work. reporter. Work, work and work. I will be. Jared Waria Hargreaves, um, finishing up at the NRL as at the end of this year. So three-time Premiership winner, 292 games with the Roosters. So 298 at the moment, if you count the six that he played at Manly. Won't play until round two because of suspension. But it's interesting about where that leaves the Chooks and this era of the Chooks mm. after this season. Daniel Tupo probably not there at the end of this year either. And that would mean the last remaining Rooster from 2013 would be gone. Mm. I love Jared. He's, I know I know he can be a liability at the judiciary, but he I, I dare say not just the last standing member of that 2013 team. He'd probably be the last of the of the old traditional props. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way that the way that he dances that fine line. Yep. There wouldn't be many that 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 plays the game like Jared does. Um, as I said, I know he can be a liability in terms of the judiciary and his discipline, but. He's still that old school prop. You talk about players, like if another prop turns their back into the line, he'll be straight in, you know, and I, I love that about him. Going hard. So he will click over 300 NRL games and 300 with the Roosters as well by the time he finishes his career in the NRL and possibly over to the Super League. We'll take a look at some of the other ins and outs for round two of the preseason challenge because some big names coming back after this break. Webby, round two of the preseason. Stephen Crichton in the centres for the Bulldogs with Bronson Sherry. So we get our first look in Canterbury Colours for Stephen Crichton. Uh, there's some mm. big names returning this week. Caelan Ponger will be back. Sean Johnson's going to play. Justin Ollum makes his first appearance for the Tigers as well. What have you made of the preseason challenge? It was good. Last week was good. It's good to have some football back. And there were some positive signs, I thought, for a lot of clubs. I didn't. I thought the Tigers looked good. A little parts of what I saw there. Yeah. Um, Aiden Caesar, I think, is going to be great for them. Mm. Um, then very cautiously optimistic at the Tigers behind the scenes. Not, not, not. Um, you know, they just realise. To, to me, it feels like it's a different club. Right. Now with Richardson in charge, with Benji at the helm on his own, I like the, the language that's coming out of Benji in terms of um, him just doing it, coaching his way. He's not going to be influenced by Bennett or Sheens or whoever. He's just going to do it his way, and that's exactly what that club needs. So. Um, the thing that I noticed, they're playing through the middle. They're playing unbenji like football. Very so that, that's the first thing I saw yeah. the other day. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of lot of um, lot of focus on the on the Bulldogs and what they can do this year. I thought Bronson Cherry looked amazing for a bloke who hasn't played for four years. Is there a smoky? Very good. A smoky? Do you have a, a smoky? Do you remember this time last year? At the back, you know, the, the second week of the preseason challenge, Manly under Anthony Seabold for the first time ended up winning the thing, got their hundred grand. Everyone was like, "Hang on a second, these guys are top eight material." Smoky in terms of trying to win it. Smoky in terms of what you see in those bits and pieces in preseason that you might think could have a good year. Oh, I just Souths look great. 
South looked enormous too. Yeah. Yeah, they completely... <laughs> even with the inferior team that they they did, they trampled the poor old Dragons, didn't they? They did. They um, got a long year ahead, St. George Illawarra. <laughs> but that's fine because we need to show some patience. <laughs> we need to show some patience. I was I, See, I was waiting to see what your take on the no, Dragons was. I wrote it the other day. We've got to be very, you know, but did, Shane Flanagan's got what he wanted. He's got his first grade yep. coaching gig again. He's got his son starting starting in the team at, at six. He always thinks he can unlock Kyle and make him the great player that he thinks he could be. This is the chance. So we've got to give them time and we shouldn't be making any judgments on them two months into the season. Okay, so how much time as a supporter? Round seven. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we've got to, That's like, one more round you than most see, you people give. See, you want to see them... They don't have to be knocking on the door of the eight by the end of the year, but you just want to see a committed effort every week. And, yeah. and you don't want... I don't want to see... You don't want to see what Flanagan... You don't want to see Flanagan doing what Griffin and others in that position before him have done, and they start chopping and changing the team from week to week. Mm. You know? I don't like Lomax on a wing. I know that. Of it is he really? No, I don't. I don't think he likes it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is probably a good way to wrap up. Now, mate, you'll uh, phone in, or we'll find you this time next week somewhere in Vegas. Good luck. <laughs> somewhere in Vegas. So in between now and then, have a good. Hang on, rest asterisk. Of the week. Conditions apply. Conditions apply. T's and C's apply. See in Stalford. Yeah, see, <laughs> see inside Stalford, the Park yeah. MGM for details. Yeah, and we'll get Andrew from Newcastle. He'll have his uh, Seagulls <laughs> jumper on. We're just going to get him to shadow you. And, and make sure he, that... He's narrowed it down, Andrew. It's a Sea Eagles fan uh, wearing a jumper that goes likes Tommy Turbo. <laughs> not many of them. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard to find. <laughs> so have a good week, mate. Have a safe trip. And we'll speak to you next week. See you, Matty. Andrew Webster there from the Sydney Morning Herald. We're back after this. Uh, make sure you stick around because we've got a great lineup of guests this morning. Joe Yap, the new Wallaroos coach, will be joining me. Moff will join me, James Moffat, as we gear up for the SEN Supercars coverage. And Jordan Courtney Perkins from Sydney FC also on the program this morning.